0: to episode 5 of Some Essex Lad and a Paralympian. We're back in table tennis. Um, it's been too long. Ashley, Facey Thompson, on the pod. Um, Ashley, how's it been? You're up in Sheffield at the minute. Um, what's it like up there? How's it going?
1: Yeah, it's, um well, thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, it's going well, thanks.
1: Uh, back in training today, because we have. Uh, there's a few times yeah, a few people had um, symptoms of COVID. Obviously, it's hard to train with COVID going around, but... Yeah, we're doing all right. Uh, back in, so it's good to be back in today after a week and a half off. Um, but yeah, it's been good. Sheffield's all right. Very quiet, but at the same time, busy with uni students. You know, there's freshers around, um, so it's a bit hectic, but trying to stay away and avoid them, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's going, it's, 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 it's going well. Training's going well when we're back in. It's just a bit hard because obviously there's no competitions, but um, yeah, it's going well, thanks.
0: Cause I can imagine, like, at the start when you got, like, the announcement, um, you know, like, when we were in lockdown, like, early March. And then as I was up in EIS doing some podcast work for the last series, like, with David and Will.
1: Yeah, and,
0: yeah. you know, like, how easy that was. And then the lockdown came across. Like, what was that like, the sudden kind of, like, end of training? And then you're training at home.
1: Uh, yeah, well, we thought, to be fair, I think everyone was quite uh, stubborn or naive. To the, to the COVID, um, everyone thought, oh, yeah, it'll be actually three weeks and we'll be fine and we'll be back in. But no, then it was a month and then there's another, like, a month after and then a month and then we're like, okay, this is going on for a long time. Um, and you had to kind of accept it uh, that you're not going anywhere for a long time. So, yeah, the training indoors was, we, at the start, well, for me, I didn't see a, I didn't want to do it, I hated it um but then at at the end of it and the midway through I could feel my fitness coming back from table tennis and it was good to do things that we did on zoom and on calls like it was very good and very um beneficial to help us get back on the court because as soon as we got back on the court we wasn't as tired as we thought we would be and I think that surprised a lot of us so we are very impressed that we did a lot of shadow play on zoom calls and snc strength and conditioning on zoom calls so yeah it was very good that we did them all we're like it was hard and like a bit timid at the start but then once you once you forget what you're doing and just get cracking i think a lot of everyone enjoyed the snc um the, the shadow play was a bit hard because obviously you're not hitting the ball and it's a bit Boring. I imagine
0: that is quite kind of weird to get used to. You're kind of imagining, you know, you're replicating shots, but then yeah, obviously. It's like, it's like hypothetical, isn't it? So it's.
1: Yeah, exactly. if, if someone saw me at my window, people would think, what is that guy doing? Like, <laughs> obviously, you can know that someone's squatting and, oh, he's doing a squat. But if someone's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, the SSC was great. Uh, I felt great. I felt stronger. I felt more actually flexible. I was finding, finding more range in some certain. Uh, uh, workouts um, and it was going well yeah it was it, it must it, be good no,
0: to, it, must, it, it must be good to be back though like with with all the guys up there
1: yeah no it's good to be back yeah, it's,
0: it's an amazing training like facility anyway so
1: yeah no it's definitely good to be back um, I think everyone I remember the first day everyone was buzzing excited everyone was talking to each other everyone was happy it was a good session you know uh, sad, like obviously that dies down a little bit but everyone's still happy and excited and still buzzing to train and you know Happy to be back in the hall. But yeah, I found, I think everyone just relaxed. In, in that in COVID, everyone just relaxed and found things to do. Uh, but for me, I found cycling. I love it. Um, other friends just felt like table tennis is not the be-all and end-all. Like, it made the world or things you realise it's not that important. Like, it is important to us, of course. But, you know, there's other things that we need to get on with life and appreciate yeah. the, appreciate the situation we're in.
0: Well. You've got quite a big, like, sports knowledge. I want to you get on to, um, like, basketball, like, later on. But I know you're a massive, like, basketball fan as well, like cycling, yeah. basketball, Arsenal fan, football fan. And then you've got, like, table tennis on top of that. So it's, it's a nice little mix you've got there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Of, um, like, people will say I don't like um, basketball. Or LA Lakers is my team because we just won the um, championships. But Man, like,
0: you must be so happy about that. You must be buzzing.
1: Well, yeah, because we haven't made the playoffs since 2009 and I've kept quiet. I, but the thing is, everyone said, oh, you like basketball, what team do you support? And I said, Lakers. And I was just like, they were doing bad at that time. So I still kept my ground. But now I'm just, you know, I can talk because we won. Uh, <laughs> you know, but everyone thinks, oh, you're just a Laker fan because of the situation now. I was like, no, I've been a Laker fan for, for a long time. Um, so, yeah, no, that's good that Lakers won. It's a bit annoying because obviously where it was in Florida it was very late, so we couldn't watch any of the games. Um, stayed up, I stayed up and probably watched one. But other than that,
0: um, yeah, it was good. Like, yeah, I'm a big Laker fan. Have you always been like a big, like a big sports fan, like even when you were young then? Was it like was f- football like table tennis the first one you had or? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: I've been over my mum uh, to build strength in my right arm actually because um, of my disability she helps me do a lot of sports and from there I did basketball as a kid swimming I took on swimming to a high level not really high level, like not even that. like I competed for my school um, and then my mum thought I'd do that all the way but I didn't really enjoy it that much um, gymnastics as well I started when I first sport was gymnastics and then yeah just got better at every sport and my mom just took me to a lot of sports and ran in different various sports and I loved them all went whatever whatever the sport she took me to. Um, and I really enjoyed every single sport, to be fair. Now I've kept up since an adult. And now I think for me, to be fair, three, four years ago, I'd never thought about biking at all, you know. When when you see bikers in the road, I think they were a pest. But now that's one of me. And <laughs> that's like, growing up in
0: London with the London bus, is that as well? Exactly.
1: Like. That's exactly intimidating and crazy. And I was thinking, no way I'd be like loving cycling. But actually
0: now it's a big
1: passion of mine and I absolutely love it. So it's interesting
0: how things change. So your mum must have been like an amazing influence, like growing up in like Bethnal Green, East London area as well. What was that like, you know, with family and stuff like that? So yeah,
1: Bethnal Green is a lovely place. I I would definitely recommend people to move there and live there. But about 15 years ago, when I was a child, I wouldn't. Um, I've seen it develop over the years. um, And now Bethnal Green is a quirky, young professional place where everyone's trying to move to. And it's very astonishing and shocking to see that because obviously when I was a kid, it was very rough, run down. Um, a lot of locals, definitely a lot of locals, you know, that that East London geezer type people. Uh, and there was a lot of, it's a big community, but it was a very poor community as well. Um, and it's good to see that it's changing. Uh, in, in some ways, okay, the locals have, uh, I don't know what's happening to the locals, but I guess the locals are seeing the difference and maybe they like it, maybe they don't. But for me, that lives somewhere in I live now in Leytonstone. That's it's still East London, and sometimes I go to Bethnal Green. It's good to see that it's developing. There's coffee shops and stuff like that. But at the same time, do the locals like it? I like it, but um, it's good to see that it's, it's striving and excelling at the same time.
0: the thing is, what's so weird about like all this is that if you said that to quite a few people, like they'd be going like, "Where's Bethlehem Green?" But for me, it's like. You know, like I can tell that you know that Stratford, like the Olympics was the big thing in what kind of helped develop the area. Because like if either of us went on like the Central Line, which is for any of, you know anyone else listening in, it's like a tube line going out to like Essex in London, mm. um, Stone's one side of Stratford, and like Bethnal Green Mole End is like the other side. And like the common denominator of both areas is that as soon as like London 2012 came along, the whole area like gen- the gentrification of like the areas went up a lot. And I think I've been lucky to see it. And, man, you pretty even closer have had that experience.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So like, I've seen, as you were saying, both sides um, of Leighton, Stratford, Bethnal Beth myland. End. That's where I grew up and like, still love and still got a little touch of it in my heart. Um, some of my friends are still there when I go home. But, um, yeah, definitely, like, it was good to see like, the London 2012 Olympics. Help East London. If the, yeah, if I if I had to word it right, help East London excel, the east of London. Uh, make sure because it was a bit run down, I'm not going to lie to you, it was a bit of a mess, and it needed a a change or something to happen. And I'm glad the Olympics and Paralympics were, were there and um, made Trafford a lot better. Now there's something called Westfield, which is one of probably the biggest European store, shopping stores in Europe. Um, it's good to see that it's excelling, but then obviously the only downside is the price of apartments now because everyone wants to live there and it's shocking and it's very, very expensive for people like, let's say, us, like ourselves, such young, yeah, and, yeah, want to move out and we can't afford it. So we just end up staying in our, our, our parents' homes. But it's good to see, that, as I said, there's pros and cons of it, but it's good to see that East London is definitely excelling and a place that people across the UK want to move to.
0: So, like, growing up then, what was it kind of like, you know, like, what was the, kind of, like, the atmosphere like um, at school when you first started taking up um, table tennis? Because didn't one of you coaches say that, you know, you were really good at it, like, when they first they saw you for the first time, and then at that point you thought, well, I might actually try this out at, uh, you know, a fairly decent level.
1: Yeah, like, school, like, obviously school is a, uh, I, I, Speak about school, I tell people it's like it's a ki- it's a kingdom you know you feel like it's a, you feel like this is life and this is what it is and you know you're cheeky, you're happy blah blah but like for me, school was yeah school made you wake up to real especially when you got to year eleven year ten that like life is there's something you need to do after tables like after um, in this world and luckily I tables tennis um yeah like my school community was more it was rough it was rough at the start it was a bit of a London school very multicultural. very interracial very um. not yes yeah, very mixed and growing up in London you have to be street smart you had to for me in my school you had to be very alert um, with situations not trying to say it was a bad school it was a very good school and I've made very good friends and still to this day I
0: call a lot of them my friends um but like but, aware of like aware of the surroundings almost yeah
1: definitely around surroundings East London you have to be careful but It was a good school as well um but yeah I found table tennis luckily table tennis <clears throat> normally in schools you have like football as the club or the big sport for some reason it was table tennis and the first time I went picked up a bat and the guy said, "Have you ever played before?" And I went, "Nope, never played before." And he went, "You're talented. You can go far." And from there, yeah, I've excelled in it, and I'm glad that I, he's told me that because I don't think I would have gone back again because I that would thought-
0: have been like, such a weird feeling, like to pick up the, the bat and then actually, you know, like be told you had like a natural gift, like at something, like from somebody who knows what they're pretty talking about as well.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was really nice as a kid, especially when I'm, I was I was struggling in school and my academia was uh, not as strong as my physical or PE side. Um, and yeah, it was good to hear that, especially. And yeah, that's kind of what made me carry on and want to go to school. Uh, well, go to, yeah, basically go to school. And I knew that at the end of the day, I've got tail tennis and I can carry on to playing. And yeah, so for me, tail tennis was a, a way to be positive and excel in my academics and outside of sport, outside of my academics as well.
0: Yeah. And like, correct me if I'm wrong as well, but did your coach, like the coaches at school, did they not know you had a disability at the time?
1: No, they didn't. Uh, from, let's say, from year seven to year nine, I think they didn't. And then the coach picked up on it and was like, is there something wrong with his arm? And I then be, I didn't know because I was a child. And my mum was brought in, and she was like, yeah, he's got a disability. It's called Ebbs Palsy. It affects the right arm. Fit. It affects um his nerve damage and stuff, uh, and stuff like that. And then we're like, right, you can play for the Paralympics, and it was more of a, it sounded promising, like a more of a like, oh, actually, you could, you could go all the way. And I was like, eh, I'm not sure about that. I don't even know what the Paralympics is. I'm not sure. <laughs> and yeah, I said no, and like kind of. The coaches and the people and the PE staff and head teachers like no this is a big opportunity you know I think you should give it a go and I was like okay cool you know if you guys think I should def- if you guys think I should do it then maybe I should and yeah I haven't regretted it since.
0: With, with the disability then when did I mean how, how did that when was kind of the stage like as a kid when you kind of thought I'm, a, I'm kind of aware of kind of I am kind of slightly different to other kids with this disability? And I'll
1: say when I had that talk, yeah, seven, yes, nine. Because then it came out in the local newspapers and local uh, newsletters and school. It came
0: out in the local newspapers?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, wow. like, being selected for the Paralympic team and stuff like that. and So, and then people obviously look at them in school as well. And like, oh, you didn't say, Paralympic? Why are you a Paralympic? Why are you a Paralympian? I have a disability. And then it all got out, oh, she has a disability. And then, yeah, it was, it was hard growing up in that age. Uh yeah well, you're nine you're 13 14 you know people are a bit immature definitely and a bit like <laughs> you know. kids are trust
0: yeah trust
1: because yeah, kids are a bit yeah so you know so it was hard but then then I got oh, the older I got the more mature people I surrounded myself around and it was a bit easier to get along
0: with people um
1: but yeah yeah definitely um
0: because it wasn't, like, long after that that you kind of went, you kind of then kind of went, like, international. You went to, was it Romania that you went to? Yeah, Romania in
1: 2009. So as soon as, like, I was in school year seven, I had two years of getting decent. Then, yeah, I got selected for 2009 Paralympics. And, no, Paralympics. a so Romanian Open, sorry. And, yeah, I loved it ever since. And it was a good realisation to Paralympics and opened my mind about the Paralympic world. And I was like, yeah, this is something I'm actually interested in. And you haven't held back since.
0: And then even like from there, you kind, of, you, you kind of just missed out on like London 2012. Like what was the journey between kind of, you know, you still quite young at the time, like from Romania to then potentially, you know, literally go into like a, a home games potentially. although yeah. you didn't make it like for the first time, but even then you went around like the, the village anyway.
1: Yeah, for me, it was very, um, I was too young to realise how big a parent it was. Um, I think the young generation now would understand how big a Paralympic is. For, for me, when I was about, from as I said, from 14 to 17, I didn't realise how big it was or home games. And, but then when I got to the village and I was, I was with the Paralympic Inspiration Programme, they said to me to go and see. And I saw, obviously, my teammates playing. and I went, whoa, Paralympics is huge. It made me realise that I wanted to go to, to Rio even more. Like I did want to go to London, just missed out. Um, Yeah, it made me realize that, okay, this is what it's about. I definitely want to do this and uh, push myself harder for Rio and luckily we made the team.
0: been pretty crazy like to see like London 2012 like just like the whole Olympics and Paralympics anyway like on 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 your doorstep where you've been living for like where you've been growing up as well because for me I guess kind of like it was pretty big I mean we got tickets to go to like the athletics and we went to go and see like the blind football and I think my mum got me tickets to go and see like the dressage as well which was and it shuts it down with rain which was um pretty funny but like you kind of even like more so kind of like lived literally like next door to like the Olympic Park
1: yeah it was funny because I remember when I didn't get into the obviously I wasn't going to the Paralympics they dropped me myself and my other teammate Jack off because we're going down to London and they dropped me off at a bus stop and I just walked two minutes to get the tube and then to get to Leightonstone, and then it was like, oh, I'm back home. This is that was very weird. that it was on my doorstep, um, and I knew that all my team mates were in the Olympic Village, Paralympic Village, and that was weird. And I was just like quite close to them. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, the whole London Toast was a great, great experience for everyone in the team that made it, and we had some really good results, and it was proud of the team. To be fair.
0: And then kind of moving on like after London, was that kind of the stage where your career kind of went to like the next level? Because you went to like Italy, Hungary, Czech Republic, you had the European champs, you won a few bronzes out there. And then in kind of those events and then, you know, like the mental side as well, I can imagine like once you kind of got like medals on kind of an international stage, you're thinking, yeah, I can definitely not just make the Rio 2016 Paralympics, but kind of do quite well and get quite far in that as well
1: yeah like for me it took me i would say not just off after to london it took me two or three years no let's say yeah two years to finally reach my potential um you know I was trying to work hard get to where i want to be and finally understood how to play table and i know that sounds silly because it's <laughs> my, my job but yeah i finally understand the game and what i need to do and now going to matches i understand it and yeah it's great it's great um and yeah that's why i think my career excelled and definitely you know won my first european medal with kim um got to pay in the world played world championships and yeah that's when i started to excel as a athlete i'm very proud of myself for wanting I like i had two good years still have good years but i'm just saying i had two good years and it was enjoying tennis a lot then and not because i was winning but just the situations i was under the pressure and just i improved so much as a professional athlete like on and off the court um more professional, know what to do. Yeah, so it was, I was happy that I had those two. Uh, after London, moved up to Sheffield and understood and sacrificed a lot. But you know, that's how that's what athletes do. You know, it's just the norm now to
0: sacrifice a lot. When so, you say like sacrifice a lot, like what kind of stuff did you have to like? Sac- what was what about like, the big
1: thing? For you? Like, uni life, really. Just the uni life. Uh, seeing my friends and family. Just being a normal teenager. You know, just having that free time and not putting everything into the sport that you love and can't be able to do stuff on the weekend. You know, your weekends are there to rest and only rest. And yeah, it was it was hard. There were times where I really struggled. I wanted to be like a normal child or a normal teen and have nothing, not this pressure on me. But yeah, at the end, I spoke to my teammates and some friends and family and they said, Ash, this is you and you love it, blah, blah. Oh, yeah you know what some people um, we're in a good position and a good um life perspectives to do this um, yeah, I a lot of people get to do this as well
0: about so like the reaction at the time must have been pretty you know like positive like like you know you want to go and do something like off your own back and it could be pretty damn big and they must have been pretty supportive like of that as well
1: yeah, definitely. My friends and family have definitely helped me along the way. Without them, I probably would have stopped ages ago or carried on, but I hated it. But yeah, definitely my friends and family and teammates as well. Some of my teammates have definitely helped me along the way.
0: When you say mates like Kim, like how was that like being with him um, for the first time? Like, How did you two, is it like a little random draw that they do Like, with doubles partners or do they kind of pick like partner you with someone who kind of complements your game in doubles matches or...?
1: So Kim's a class 10, so he's the highest class, and I'm a class 9. So 9 and 10 are the, the team in the Paralympics and Europeans and well. So it was actually lucky that um, I was a 9 and he was a 10, so we made a good pair. It was a bit awkward at the start because we didn't really know each other, and I was the weaker player by a significant difference. Um, and it went down to Kim, basically. And I hated that because, obviously, I was playing with these hard players and getting battered left, right and centre. But yeah, I got better. And then, you know, I tried to prove to Kim that it's not just you. It's about me as well and Kim. Um, yeah, it did show me the ways of like, he carried me a lot and, you know, helped me out. And yeah, we, d- we did really well. And there's so many times we've been so close to European medals and so many Europeans. And we thought, right, this is the time, but no, it's not. We thought, yep, this is the year. No, it's not. And then finally, we... Got to the final in Europeans, and that's what I dreamed of to be fair. And
0: yeah, 20, 2017, twenty seventeen
1: wasn't it? Yeah, like... we did it, and that was probably the best time. But that was probably better than going to Rio, to be fair. Like Rio was amazing, but winning that because there's been like four or five times we've been so close, and we finally got our medal, and that was great.
0: So, how was it like getting to know Kim? Like at first, because you got like fairly kind of different like backgrounds. Obviously, Kim's got a bit of a a medical background as well. Like, how was how yeah, was
1: that? Kim's great. Kim's a very humble guy. Um, he's very, very welcoming, so he made me welcome at a young age, and he was a re- quite a role model to me, and took nurtured me, if you want to say, it in a way, and helped me out, and then become we actually became really good friends, and we still used to see each other now and outside the sport, and yeah, we 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 are very good friends, and he did help me a lot in other ways, like outside of sports and guide me through different situations in my life so we had we have a really good relationship on and off the court um which is good because some people don't um, obviously but yeah me and kim do and that's why i think sometimes when we lost in doubles or team sometimes we didn't talk to each other because it was too hard because obviously we know how we're feeling we obviously wanted we tried so hard but
0: oh is that actually quite a big thing like you actually don't talk to like each other like at the end of the match (laughs) then
1: right no, it's just because sometimes we've got the distance of, like, if we're losing in a match, we'll get a bit distant from them. But we needed to keep our, our morale together. Or if we lost a big match, I would go back, knowing that I let Kim down because I wasn't good enough. But Kim would obviously comfort me. And even though it was hurting, he would still try to comfort me, which is a big part of Kim's uh, personality. And great, he's great at that. Um,
0: so how do he ha- help you out in, like, a few situations you just mentioned and, like, away from the court?
1: Just in life, and that's just life with uh, uni, personal things and other stuff like that, really. Just he's always been there for me as a friend, um, someone I can go to, and he challenges me. Like sometimes I don't want to hear what he says, but he challenges me and says what <laughs> I should hear. Um, but yeah, he's a very good friend, and I've got a lot of time for Kim.
0: because I can imagine, like, I mean. I mean, you play singles like and and doubles like what's the how how does the dynamic work for you like is there a, like a format which is better for you than uh, um, two, or?
1: yeah the one that we just did is well it's a better format but it works better for us because me and kim are really good doubles team um so the first one is doubles first then two singles so that helps us because me and kim best out of three obviously so me and kim are a very good doubles pair so if we take the doubles we put the pressure on both singles uh And, yeah, so hopefully that works really well. Um, That normally works really well for me and Kim. And now an addition of Josh Stacey, which we did uh, in Europeans last year. That was a great tournament because we won uh, Bonds.
0: talking quickly about um, Rio before going on to like your silver at the European champs like how was going out to Brazil what was that like obviously first Paralympics kind of by that stage you kind of you know like you've seen what London's had to offer you kind of going out to Brazil what was that like and like the atmosphere of the team like the vibe out there
1: yeah so it was a great I loved it um, I got a late call up um, due to I was first reserve and in Russia I got the ban so it was a bit of a weird one because I felt like, did I deserve to go? Did I not? Um to my psychologist at the time, which was great, and he helped me uh understand that you deserve to be here, although you might not think that. Um and I did really enjoy it. Um, of course I did. The game, the first games was that's my first games, it's crazy. Um I remember my first game, I couldn't I was on channel four and I couldn't hear the ball, it was so loud and it was just an amazing situation to be in, you know, you like who gets to say you, you're a Paralympian you know um, it was just a great achievement even to get there like um, play so and it was just great because everyone was happy, and bubbly and it was great chemistry throughout the team and the staff so it was just amazing to see your teammates as well win medals and
0: like Will Bailey especially yeah
1: Will you know you've got Rog um, and the Class 8 team you know it was great to see all that achievements sort of over four years and yeah, it brought everyone together. There was a big togetherness about the team. And yeah, it was just
0: fantastic to see everyone like that. Because I remember Will, like on the pod, he mentioned, like, when he was in the finals, like, Johnny Vegas was kind of like in the stands and he was like a big, big supporter. But he said he didn't really know any- anything about like table tennis at the time. But he came along with like a GB shirt and started chanting out, like, in the crowds. Like, were you there for Will's match or? No,
1: was- Johnny Vegas was right next to me, actually. I saw. Oh, sick literally right next to me um it's quite awkward at that time because I was like why is he right next to me um but um yeah like I said like it's good that our sport and sport in general can bring people together like that you know who I was sitting next to him, he was asking is this guy any good that he's playing blah blah, blah. like he was interested and he yeah, was good support of Will um helped him out like yeah it was good to see him there and stuff like that so, yeah, it was, it's, that's what I mean about our sport. It's, it brings people
0: together. How do you react to so uh, kind of Will winning, like, the, the final point yeah, like, jumps on the table?
1: Yeah, it was great. It was happy for him. I think he went down and they had a massive hug. It was great. Um, it was quite, an, yeah, it was great. It was a great um, celebration.
0: And, yeah, we're all happy for Will still, uh, to this day. Did you go out to like Copacabana much or did you kind of go like see Rio's lifestyle, like nightlife a bit or?
1: No, we just got to see uh, the Christ of Redeemer. Um, but we on the way there, we got to see the favelas and the favelas is probably the most daunting, um, intimidating place I've ever seen in my life. And they actually got to show that such a beautiful country and such a beautiful situation of the Paralympics and Olympics held here. What the truth outside of the sport, um, and how it actually is in Brazil. And Brazil is a lovely, beautiful place, but it's rough at the same time. Um, so it was good to see that that the both you know the Paralympics and Olympics going ahead, but at the same time you've got the the right on your doorstep, and that's probably the most dangerous place in the world, or one or one of. Um, and it was very really, like it was very interesting to see both sides, definitely.
0: So what was your reaction like when you went to the favelas for the first time? Was it like, wow, this is I was, I a different was, experience?
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't say a good experience. It was just an interesting experience to see how the favelas is um, and how the other side of Brazil works and how the other side of the world works, you know, because obviously where are the of fortune. The people in the favelas are as poor and they're struggling to even buy stuff for their kids on the street to plan they're always struggling but i know it's good to see different sides it makes you realize it makes you humble and same like to see things like that
0: because the thing is in like rio especially like you've got you know you've got like the american oh then you've got like all the olympic and paralympic kind of like stadia like infrastructure like down there and then you've got the the favelas like on the other side so like the inequality was it kind of literally like you could see in one direction like not skyscrapers, but like fairly modern buildings. And then like, on the other side, you've got fairly, you know, a- another kind of way of living.
1: Yeah, definitely. Think. Like I would say literally you nailed on the coffin because people have realised there's someone that said that if you live in the favelas, you stay in the favelas. If you're rich, you live in the favelas, you build your house in the favel- like a mansion, basically it's mansions in the favelas, but they can't leave. And I was like, that's crazy. So was, as you said, it's good to see, rich side and the high life like americana and all that and other things but at the same time it's hard to see the actual people that's struggling with poverty um but it it gives you enticement into how the world works
0: so like after rio then like the experiences of that because obviously you reached the quarters in the doubles as well um you came back like from that and then you know knocked out by china who were pretty pretty good at the time I think they they were quite high up in the world and then you came back and then you kind of completed your course at at uni um, at London South Bank and then you kind of went from that to the Euros after that so you kind of used I'm guessing you kind of used the kind of what happened in Rio to then kind of get to the next level when it when you were kind of at the Euros again
1: yeah so yeah it was great is the from going to London I'm at London Rio to the path to uni was really weird Um the come down was so weird you know ha- so humbling and just like right back to uni but then after going to the next then after putting myself out moving up full time and working hard and getting that medal we all wanted was amazing um yeah and i said it was, it was definitely better than going to not definitely but it was on par about going better than going to um rio yeah,
0: definitely so, how was that? Because af- athletes always talk about like there is a come down after, after like going to like a major championship, like a world championship or a Paralympics or an Olympics. So, like, how was that for you, kind of like getting the flight back and then kind of you back to your kind of you know daily life?
1: It was hard, it was really hard because I was going into year three, so my final year, and I just got told, Right, this is your dissertation, you got this to do, you got this to do. And I was like, Whoa, I'm not ready, I'm still on the high coming back from Rio um can you do it for me because I just I'm a Paralympian you know but at the end of the day you've got to do your work and it's like right I've got to carry on doing my work so yeah tough (laughs) tough tough. like I've got to carry on um and that was weird because I phoned Kim I was like Kim this is so weird like I've been I'm, I'm on a high and now I'm just like just back to normal and humbling. he's like yeah this is how it is, life you know and it was good to talk to Kim and get insight because he was just finishing off his uh, degree as well in medicine I think um or being an F1 I think he was I think he was just finishing off so I was thinking well I don't really have a I can't really say much because if you're doing medicine and me, that's hard I'm, I'm like oh, what, what, am I, what am I moaning about but yeah after that yeah.
0: coaching and analysis is pretty decent course
1: yeah, it's all right. It's not bad, but it's not no medicine, is it?
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, but it's all right. It's not
1: bad. Um, no, I'm glad I did it. But yeah, that was the hardest thing to come down and just like, yeah, that was very weird. But other than that, like, yeah, it did it didn't take long to forget that I was a Paralympian and just carry on with life. Really,
0: I mean, to be fair, like, congrats to like doing that all in like such a short period of time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because that must have been pretty pretty crazy, you know, like Rio dissertation and then. You obviously had the European champs. So, like, what was the journey like from, you know, starting the European champs to getting into the final? Obviously, I think you lost to Poland in the final. I think it was. like, What was the journey overall? Yes
1: um, stress. I'll tell you that it was stress because I've been full-time for a year now. Kim's doing well, was training a lot. So there was a bit of pressure on us maybe to get the middle finally. Um, we beat we did a, we had a good good group we had a good start to the tournament, group winning I think we won all like the group stages and then we got pulled up against um, Russia which is a good one out of all three or four and we're like yeah okay we can beat Russia um, they're good at doubles that doubles is the key one and you know we had to talk with us psychologists because we, we weren't happy with the draw like how we wanted to do it and I was thinking right we need to risk it and we need to play me after the doubles and Kim lost. And because if it didn't work, if we didn't win the doubles, we'd have backfired and we probably lost. So I'm glad I won. And yeah, no, I'm glad we won the doubles because the doubles was a huge point. It was massive. We won the doubles. We're like, right, we've done the hard work. I can kind of lose because I wasn't expected to win. And then Kim take it home. And that's what happened. Kim brought it home. And yeah, we finally got what we deserved for, well, I guess a few years and yeah it
0: was great so what's uh, like, obviously the thing is like within sports generally uh, you know a lot of people say obviously if you don't win if you don't win like the gold or you, you don't get first place second place is nothing but I guess with medals it is kind of there is a different like element to that like when you get to the final was there kind of like almost relief but now we've got to try and win the gold at, at that Ooh. point
1: um, then when we won that bronze, when we won, we got a guaranteed bronze, I thought me and Kim would be happy and content with it. And then we beat Spain rather easy. Um,
0: was that like because there was like no pressure on you? The
1: there's, of- no there's no pressure. we done what we wanted. But we're like, actually, let's carry on and do this. And we got to the final. We're like, oh, we're in the final. Um, Poland, obviously, a very strong team. Uh, we gave it our all. We nearly beat them in doubles. But I guess we were happy and content at that stage. we got to the final, wasn't even expected to get there and we did well.
0: And I guess like looking forward now is kind of to try and replicate that at at Tokyo. Is it you and Kim in Tokyo again next year if it it
1: happens? Um, If it happens, it's going to be hopefully if we will make it, me, Kim and Josh, obviously Stacey, because Josh helped us in the 2018 or 2019 European Games, win ourselves second medal as a team, which we won bronze. Um, and he's up and coming. He's a great player. You know, he's very—he's young. He's 19. He's very fearless. He's going to probably be one of the best in the world very soon. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he's a very good match player. So, he's an addition to our team, which we need, and he's good.
0: What was it like meeting him for the first time? Was it like, oh, oh my God, this guy's pretty uh, pretty good?
1: No, we, no. I'm, I'm more of a welcome person. He was like, yeah, I welcomed him and, you know, made him ho- hopefully settle down in the team and Good friends of other peoples in the team, so I think everyone made him welcome, and it was great to have him. Obviously, a bit of competitive side to it, because obviously we're in the same class. But yeah, we never had any problems or anything, so just straight into it and, and helps each other work together.
0: How's the prep going for Tokyo? Because obviously, you know, like everyone's been affected, like by it. So, what was kind of like your reaction to kind of you know, um, COVID coming in, it getting delayed? And do you think it will happen next? Do you think it happened like next summer at this point, or?
1: Um, for me, it was hard to understand that it was, another, it was it was postponed. But then at the same time, it was I've got another year to work hard. I've got another year to push forward. I've got another year to push on. The Tokyo, I guess I have to say yes. I hopefully it happens. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, hopefully it happens. But the way it's going now, who knows? Who who knows? Like, who knows? I I can't say. But you have to believe and think it's going to happen. Hopefully it does.
0: To be fair, like the training must be getting more and more like intense now in in, in preparation for that, and with that kind of you know, you've got cycling on the side as well. Is that kind of more of a hobby or is that kind of, do you think that's kind of like part of your kind of like anaerobic training like as well, like overall?
1: Yeah. So training that is actually taking its time still, you know, we're getting into it and because we've been away for like a week and a half because of some symptoms and COVID, you know, situations and team. Um, yeah. For me, cycling is my hobby. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah. It's just to work on my cardiovascular, you know get better at fitness and work hard on that and just to get out like i found it in lockdown because i wanted to get out and about during lockdown work hard on fitness but i didn't know how to so i thought well let me go cycling and now yeah i love it absolutely love it i know it's hard getting cycling you know and then climbs in the peak district Jeez, they're horrible
0: i was about to say like of all the areas you could have picked the peak district is probably one of the most challenging like for you it's definitely like, for
1: Definitely challenging, but yeah, it's definitely fun as well because there's a lot going on in the peach, you know, hills, flat descent. so it's great. It's good. It's very good to try to, uh, to cycle. What
0: got you into cycling then?
1: Literally locked down because I was running and I was running with my, one of my friends on like the NICAP to, to try to compete. And then one of my friends was like, oh yeah, you know what, I want a bike, you know, because I'm getting bored of running now. I was like, good idea. And I bought a bike. And I didn't realise how much I loved it and how much it was fun. And just learning different things about bikes and the handlings and the different bikes you can get and the most all the components and the athletes that do it and different kind of like crit racing, velodrome and, yeah, it's something that I love and just good at naturally, I think. And, yeah, who knows? Who knows?
0: Paralympic cycling in the future, maybe? Mm,
1: Who knows? (laughs) Who knows, mate? Who knows? You
0: know. um, the other thing I, re- I wanted to talk about, actually, before we can kind have of finished off, was, um, uh, well, two things. Actually, the first, um, like, I wanted to have a chat with you about the NBA, like basketball, like with the Lakers. Like, um, y- again, I, I mentioned earlier, you, know, you must be like so happy, but obviously, you know, Kobe, with what happened, like with that, like, what was your reaction to, to when you like the news when you found out? Because I remember seeing it in TMZ. And I'm thinking, I literally, I dropped my phone at the time. I'm thinking, this is kind of, you remember where you were when you kind of saw this kind of moment. Um, What was that like for you? So for
1: me, it was, it actually was a weird effect on me because it actually really hurt. Um, Because the reason, there's a reason behind it because my first ever sporting jersey or t-shirt was a Kobe Bryant Lakers top. So from a young age, I've liked Kobe Bryant. Um, one, of my, I've always wanted to go watch him at the games. Just a big sporting inspiration. Like it's on my bio, and so it was interesting. Like, yeah, it was it's crazy how how he passed away, um, and obviously he's got family that are devastated, of course. Um, and he was just a touching person to the world. Like everyone knew him. Everyone knew him who Kevin Bryant was, and. For him yeah and such a such a difficult situation for the world and it's a great person to like pass away and so sudden and so young you have to you kind of remember that yeah you've got one life and you need to just enjoy your life whatever you do and just go out there because he died at a young age 40 i think or 40 something
0: yeah like really really early
1: you know you know, you've got to enjoy your life you know you've got to enjoy what you're doing because you only got one time you only got one life and he he did what he loved, of course, basketball. But at the end of the time, he wanted to retire, to spend time with his kids, and he only got like a year or two with his kids. And so, yeah, you know, like, don't take life for granted. Enjoy life and what you do. So you got to just do it.
0: And he was like a big idol for you, wasn't he? Yeah, one
1: of my big idols, like him, and probably Rafa Nadal, as my sporting idols. But yeah, definitely, Kobe was up there.
0: Well, I mean, Rafa's done all right recently, so you know that that's that's going all right.
1: Yeah, still the king of clay,
0: you know. It's mad, isn't it? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, last thing before we finish off: um, Am I correct in saying? Is I, re- I remember when um, I went up to EIS to do, to do like a few like podcast things and to like catch up with mates from uni. Um, David mentioned: Do you have like a worship podcast as well?
1: Yeah, so I am a Christian, um, and the reason why so it's called Actually Facing Faith Podcast. I haven't done it for a while due to COVID, and then. To be fair, I should have carried on from Zoom, but I was just not in the right way, uh, right mindset, and it was hard to carry on. So I'm gonna carry. I'm gonna probably start back that uh, very soon. But yeah, started, it was just for people that it was a platform for people that wanted to know the questions, but nowhere to go for the questions. Um, it was hard questions and it was controversial questions that really are right or wrong in the Christian world or the or yeah faith world. So a lot of people got back to me and enjoyed my podcast because that's what they wanted to hear and what do you want to hear as a Christian and you know think, people think oh a Christian yeah Bible basher no actually it's actually been quite interesting. so it was good in that sense to hear people's views from my podcast and it's it's not they're not alone they're not the only ones that have these views and it's good to hear that other people have these views but they don't have a platform for it so yeah, it's called the Ashley Faithian Faith Podcast. If you're a Christian, go check it out. It's on oh, man, it's
0: on. thanks for plugging it. Um, yeah, on that, I mean, what kind of questions are they, by the way? Um, like
1: it's like, yeah, so like another, like for non Christian followers, a lot I get a lot of questions like, do you have sex or like sex relationship, marriage? There's a lot of pressure on marriage and Christian world, um, just church life, the expectations of being a Christian because you feel like you have to be this innocent, innocent sweet person all the time. and there's just different categories on, um, on very technical and hard talks about things like that.
0: Awesome, man. Um, Well, thanks for coming on. And before we finish off, I always kind of end it on like, if you, you know, I always ask the question with anyone who comes on it. If you kind of see somebody like with, a disability like yourself or kind of wants to get into like table tennis or you know even like cycling or like basketball or swimming or football like what would you say to them to kind of get from like where they are to kind of like the level that you're at right now
1: if you enjoy boring of a disability stick with it stick with it because a situation will come one situation one situation or two situations will come and you'll have a shot if you want if you that's what you want to if you want to take it on professionally you might not even expect it like it will just come and help you along the way you know there might be someone that could that knows someone in the sport or you know a player that plays it and you're like oh, i have a disability and you're like i could join so yeah there's if you carry on if you love a sport and you have a disability just keep on doing, going and you'll
0: find a link or a source that will help you want. Thanks for listening to this episode of Some Essex Lad and a Paralympian. Please leave us a rating, comment and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. That means you'll get instant messages and when a new episode will drop directly into your lap. Also give us a follow on social media. On Twitter it's at Essex Lad Para, and Instagram is at Essex Lad Paralympian. You can also like our Facebook page. Just type in Some Essex Lad and a Paralympian. Farewell